Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 239. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we'll be looking at the so-called minor prophets of Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. Now you're going to say, wow, that's a lot to cover. Three whole books of the Bible in a 20-minute session. But realize that each of these books is only three short chapters in length. And the other reason why we're going to cover them so quickly is they have a common theme, all of them. Uh, we have to put these books, as we do all of, of our, our books, particularly in the Old Testament, in a historical concept. So let's begin with the book of Nahum. Um, it was... Uh, written oh, probably around 612 BC or so, uh, or just, just before that actually. And what's going on in the world there? Well, in 612 BC, Nineveh, you'll recall that from the story of Jonah, uh, which was the largest city in Assyria, and Assyria, you'll recall, was the great enemy of the northern ten tribes of uh, of Israel. Well, the great enemy of all of them, but uh, they were successful in conquering the uh, the ten northern tribes. Okay, so Micah is writing just as the Assyrians are about to fall to the Babylonians. Okay, who will be the next uh, big enemy of uh, the people of Israel? Right. And so the Assyrians have made life very difficult for uh, the, um, you know, for the Jews that were living in that area and exiled them and all of that. We know that that event happened in, you should know this by now, 722 BC. And the Assyrians were pretty rough on the people, uh, let's just say very savage uh, towards uh, the, the Israelites. And so now they are, the, uh, the Assyrians are about to get their comeuppance at the hands of the Babylonians, who later on, they won't be so nice to Israel either, right? But anyway, so this short three chapter book is about the idea that uh, you don't get away with stuff, okay? The Assyrians, uh, were very mean and cruel to the uh, Israelites, and now they're about to get theirs, their punishment. It'll come at the hands of Babylon, okay, who later, as I mentioned, will, uh, will uh, be rough on Israel themselves. But anyway, so this is about uh, the fall of Assyria, if you will. And... Um, it, uh, the book is talking about the uh, the avenging of what has been done to Israel by the Assyrians and how they're about to get about theirs. So it, it says, uh, The Lord brings vengeance on his adversaries and lays up wrath for his enemies. That's in uh, Nahum, first chapter, verse 2. Now, here's a verse to ponder. The Lord is slow to anger, yet great in power, and the Lord never leaves the guilty unpunished. Okay, I want you to underline, the Lord never leaves the guilty unpunished, because this is uh, part of our Catholic doctrine. If you're a Protestant, for example, you have no room for purgatory, though purgatory is uh, spelled out in Scripture. 
in uh, 2 Maccabees chapter 12, etc. Uh, also in 1 Corinthians, the idea of paying the last penny. So, but if you're in the Protestant world, you say, well, once I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, all of the sins that I've done in the past are forgiven, and that is true. And uh, so, you know, I, I guess if I didn't get punished by this world in that process, then I'm good to go for the rest of my life. And uh, so we recognize as Catholics that, um, you know, we do pay for our sins, hence a period of purgation. Uh, hopefully you do your purgation. You're getting rid of any connection to the old, old sins. Hopefully you do that in this life. But for most of us, we still need a little cleaning up to do, and that is in purgatory. And we don't know what that is like, but we do know that there is, for those who die in God's good graces, but are still imperfect, and that's going to be most of us, we're going to have to reckon with the things that we did in this life. You've heard this explanation before. It's like uh, if you're a parent and you have a little kid and you tell the little kid, don't mess with the fine crystal you know, in the storage run. Don't, don't break, you know, don't play with that. But the kid plays with it. He breaks the crystal vase, which is worth, you know, a thousand dollars. Are you going to forgive that child if you love them? Of course you will. But we still have a problem. You know, there's glass all over the floor, or I should say crystal all over the floor. And uh, if you're a good parent, you want your child to understand what they've done. So maybe you have them clean up the glass or do some other form uh, to show that that they're that they're sorry for that and uh, so anyway that's what purgatory is all about so the Lord never leaves the guilty unpunished uh, though we might wish that everything that we do in this world uh, you know there's there's if we got away with it if you will that there's no punishment for it. maybe the punishment is merely being made aware in the state of purgatory that uh, that you have done it and seeing how that has uh, affected the lives of others. Anyway, I move on. So uh, in the book of Nahum, again, it's uh, kind of even maybe celebrating a little bit the destruction of Nineveh, the largest city in Assyria, celebrating the destruction of uh, of the nation of Assyria at the hands of the Babylonians. But there's also hope in this for uh, the Jews, right? Because in chapter 2, uh, verse 3, you might want to underline that, the Lord will restore the vine of Jacob, the pride of Israel. I want you to underline that. So it talks about the vine of Jacob. And in your margins, I want you to write Romans chapter 11, verse 17. Uh, also, um, yeah, let's start with that. So we are, we uh, Christians are grafted onto that vine, right? So it's about being faithful to God. Um, and so uh, we, we have that promise of God. Um, so moving on. We, we have that. And that's probably all I want to say about, uh, Habakkuk, uh, excuse me, about, uh, about Nahum. Okay. Moving on to the book of Habakkuk. Again, a very short little, uh, three chapter, um, book. And it's actually, uh, talking about, uh, Babylon. 
even though even this short book inspires uh, the much larger prophet of Jeremiah. It's kind of a little bit of a gripe session here, um, especially if you look at chapter uh, chapter one. Hey, you don't listen to us anymore. I cry for help, you don't listen. So it seems like he's griping at God. God can take it, okay? Um, uh, it's it's okay to ask God, why didn't you hear my prayer? And that's exactly what Habakkuk is doing here. And yet, uh, the, the common theme here that we see in all of, uh, of these minor prophets can be seen again. Let's take a look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses uh, 17 through 19. Hope for all of us. Um, well, well, we'll start with, uh, yeah, uh, the second part of 17. Though the flocks disappear from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, uh, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and exult in my saving God. Uh, verse 19, God, my Lord is my strength. So um, anyway, all of these books Though they might say, hey, God, you appear like you're not with us right now. They all end in hope and that, that they know that um, God will be of help to them in their crises. Now we move on to the book of Zephaniah. And um, by the way, Habakkuk is written in the period like 605 to 597 during the time that the Babylonians are besieging the uh, the southern kingdom, okay, and uh, we we know what happened there. So um, we see that common theme, don't we? That uh, hey, we're gonna get it. We deserve it because of uh, all the things that we've done. But yet, the God will always save a remnant of His people, those who choose to be faithful and to trust in Him. Uh, that salvation may be on this earth, but it will certainly be in uh, the, the next earth. Okay, now we move on to Zephaniah, written probably between 640 and 609 BC. In other words, uh, just before Habakkuk and just before Jeremiah. Uh, if you want to see a little uh, historic background on that, you can read what's going on in 2 Kings chapter 22 for background. And we see a, a similar message. We're going to get it, and uh, we deserve it, and, you know, there's going to be a day of wrath and all that good stuff. But what do we see in Zephaniah chapter 3? Let's take a look at... Uh, um, verse 12. You might want to underline Zephaniah verse 12. It says, I will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lowly. So make sure you're part of that remnant, okay? Don't leave the church, okay? And then uh, moving on to verse 16 and on in chapter 3 of Zephaniah. Uh, on that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion, be not discouraged. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty favor. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. 
He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings at festivals. I will remove disaster from among you so that none may recount your disgrace. Um, yes, at that time, I will deal with all who oppress you. So again, that common theme in all of these books that, um, you know, God is with us, uh, God will restore us, and um, so make sure that you have, uh, that you continue to follow him and trust him. And so with that, uh, we come to an end of these three books of Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. Uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, we as your people, we've gone through individually a lot of tough times in our lives. And it's very easy for us to just say, well, God, you're, you're not even there, or to question you. And we know that you can take it, you know, you're, you're God. And yet we know if we persevere in our faith in you and in our trust in you, we will be rewarded with eternal life with you where there is no more strife. There are no more uh, crises anymore. And um, so uh, give us the graces to hang on to your promises because we know you keep your promises. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.